guys, what's up? Uh, this is the second episode of the Real Mary Mother of God podcast. I have gotten many more listeners than I was expecting, so thank you everyone for listening to the bullshit I have to say. That's really awesome. Uh, a week has gone by since I have recorded. I have taken many a dog park trips. My family visited me here in Los Angeles. And, you know, yeah, whatever. Um, Penny and I are here again sitting on my bed. I have an ice cream sandwich, and she has her bone. Um, Penny loves her bone a lot. And if I was a dog, I think I would like bones also. Although last night I got a little frustrated with Penny because I woke up to this noise. So that's the noise I woke up to and then I opened my eyes and there was a pile of very hydrated dog food on my bed, if you catch my drift. Um... Which does not bode well for me because while I'm out here in Los Angeles, I'm staying at like a a long-term vacation rental because for some reason, short-term leases don't exist. And I think that's really messed up. Um, But that's a story for another time. And so I had to take all of the sheets off of my bed because they were all covered in vomit. Um, Thank you, Penny. And then she proceeded to puke three more times and then pee on the floor. (laughs) So, you know, she's good now. She's chilling. Like, this bitch is such a faker. You know, we'll be at the dog park and she'll act like she's tired and she wants to go. But then as soon as I start leaving, she goes cuckoo banana crazy. And this is exactly what happened. This dog is all the drama. She was like, Mom, I'm sick. I just want to cuddle and vomit all over your bed. And then, of course, as soon as I offer some F-O-O-D, this girl goes berserk. And, oh, she's not sick anymore. She's not sick anymore, little faker. You're such a faker. But I love you. I love you so much. Anyways, my family came to visit me this week, and it was really nice. Um, My dad is kind of a crazy man. He's just like me. We have the same mental illness, you know? Um, and so the great thing about when he comes out for vacation is that I don't have to plan anything. Like, he has everything planned. Um, but then the bad thing that comes at, that happens when he comes to vacation is that you have to move as fast as possible at all times. Um, and that's tough. Like, if he asks you a question about where you want to go to dinner, Don't answer it because he's going to think of somewhere that he wants to go to dinner in the next two seconds and then just book the reservation, which is great because, you know, I'm indecisive. I never have anywhere to go. Um, what else? Okay, so I've been having a reoccurring dream. Someone commented that they wanted me to talk about my dreams and... David Bowie has been visiting me in my dreams recently, just for the past, like, five years. And it's 
really freaky. You guys know that Aladdin Sane poster that like for his album and it's like his face and it's just his head and he's got his eyes closed and it's got pit, like a lightning strike of pink going down his face. My dear friend Eliza gave me that poster one time because I love David Bowie more than anything. And I hung it up in my room at home in high school, except every time I would like go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and then come back into my room, I was terrified that his eyes would open. And then I took it down, right? Because I was too scared of it. I could not deal with it. And I come to find out he visits me in my dreams now because I took down that poster. It all started with one dream where I was in my high school and it was all dark. And then this large deep. Y'all hear that? That's the trash guy. He's taking out all of my trash. He's taking out all of Penny's poops right now. Sorry, back to the story. I just see this big old head. And it's his head and he opens his eyes. And he's following me. It's like a floating head. And I feel like David Bowie is trying to tell me something. But this, he's been visiting my dreams now for like, I'd say it's happened like 10 times. And at this point, I'm kind of just like, they don't freak me out anymore. I'm just kind of like David Bowie, speak your truth, man. Like if you got something to say, like say it, say it, out with it. Because I don't, I used to really respect him and love him, but now he's fucking with me in my dreams and I don't appreciate that. Um, but anyways, that happened in my dream, uh, like, you know, this week I had another one of those dreams and I was like, oh my God, David, stop, uh, stop. You have so many better people to bother. Like, go bother Elton. Elton John, I'm sure, would love to talk to you. Um, I also met this guy at the dog park this week. Who He's an actor. He had a very cute little dog. I don't know what kind it was, but it looked like a sausage. It was definitely overweight, but in the best way possible. And it had a cute little collar with spikes on it so that if you got too close, it like. You know, it was nice. But if it didn't like you, it could get you. It could really get you. Um, And he had this son, and his son kept throwing tennis balls at me. But And at first, I was really offended. I was like, I'm about to body slam this kid if he throws one more damn tennis ball at me. Like, I'm not fucking dog. And then I came to realize that it's actually a sign of affection from him. The His name was Leo. And now me and Leo are besties, and if Leo ever needs a babysitter, that's me. Um, but his dad is an actor. But get this, he used to be a Marine. What a crazy transition. It's just like, uh, what's his face from uh, Star Wars and that one movie about divorce that, you know, makes all children of divorce feel a little bit weird after they watch it. A marriage story. Um, I want to say his name's like David something. It's Kylo Ren. You know who I'm talking about? Why am I blanking on his name? He's so good. Let me look him up. 
Sorry. Bear with me for a second. I need to look up this guy. I, I keep wanting to say David Tennant, but I just know that's not him. That's Doc, the doctor. Doctor Who. Kylo Ren. Let's see. Let's see who he's played by. Adam Driver! Adam Driver! Not not Dave at all. Adam Driver. Um, he used to be in the military and then he like went to Juilliard and became this buff ass actor guy. And this guy was, you know, did the same thing. Except he was not nearly as chill as Adam Driver was. This guy was like this guy reminded me of my boyfriend's sister's boyfriend. Um, who is a marine lawyer, which I would argue is almost as cool, but his name's Ryan. He's an awesome guy, and he likes to play Yu-Gi-Oh, which I think is cool because I feel like you wouldn't expect a marine lawyer to indulge in such kinds of card games like Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, but he's just like a fun-loving, silly guy. You know, he's always happy, and that's how this marine actor was. I don't know his name, but... He was cool, um, and he just kind of talked to me about how he moved out to L.A. for the industry after he served for, like, eight years, and that, you know, serving in the Marines was really tough. Shocker. Uh, if I did that, I think I'd die. Uh, my dad did Marine Corps training when he was in college. He says that it was just to get in shape, but I have a feeling he actually wanted to do it and then just hated it because my dad does not like to follow directions from other people um he's a leader not a follower a uh, shout out dave shallaby awesome man thank you for this awesome vacation hope you got home safely on your flight anyways um and then he came back to he came to la to be an actor and he said you know he's done a few commercials and stuff like that but that in the past, he is like a army coordinator on, on set where like he like yells at, um the actors. He was in a movie with Steve Carell and then like other people, and he like got paid to scream at them as if they were like actually in the military, which. First off, would seem intimidating at first, like oh my god, you have to scream at this celebrity who like I would kiss their feet if I could but then I feel like once you get into it like you can't stop at like I would be addicted I would not be able to stop yelling my head off um but I just think that's something that is really interesting that something I really love about acting is that any life experience that you have is something that you can kind of bring into acting um whether it's like like that lady on uh, Big Bang Theory, who's like that genius mathematician or scientist or whatever, she used that in her role for Big Bang Theory. And I just think that is so incredible. And I feel like the best actors are the most well-rounded actors because they have different interests. They indulge in other things like Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> and stuff like I still can't believe that this... Guys, this guy is like six foot tall, Buffest man on the planet. Big fat smile on his face. 
and Yu-Gi-Oh! I this nothing makes this guy happier than Yu-Gi-Oh! And I want that. I wanna be him. Ryan, I wanna be like you. Anyways, like I think that's so important because acting is just recreating life. Um as someone other than yourself. And so like yeah, if you're about to play a role about some I don't know, microbiologist, and you don't know jack stiddly squat about microbiology, like, oh, you probably wouldn't be as good of an actor as an actor who was a microbiologist. Um, Something that I think about a lot is kind of like my career path. Like, what the hell am I going to do in my career? I changed my major three times, almost four times in college. I came in as an economics major which is so me. Like, if I could define myself, I'd probably say, like, economist because there's nothing I love more than stocks and money and Wall Street and wearing suits. Um, Yeah, that's, like, so me. Anyways, and obviously I hated it. And then I auditioned for the acting program at Syracuse, and I got in, and I did that first semester, but then I found out that the credits wouldn't work, and I'd have to pay for a fifth year of school, which, you know, who can afford that? Not me. And so then I became an English major. And at first I felt really, like, you know, shit about not being an acting major because that's what I really wanted to do, and then I kind of had to give it up. But through taking, like, my English classes, I'm reading all of this literature, learning all about people and how they act like people in different time periods and different occupations um and just how their mind kind of works and what their environment is like and their inner psyche and whatever and obviously like it's all fake because like it's fiction but that that's what movies are most of the time unless you're in like a is it biopic or biopic i think i like biopic better Because biopic sounds like a medical device. But biopic sounds like, you know, bio, like autobiography, and then pic, like picture. That just makes more sense to me. Anyways, and so I've been really loving that because I feel like I'm almost getting more out of my English degree than I am, than I would be getting out of an acting degree. No hate to the acting majors. I think what you guys are doing is incredible, and TBH, I'm very jealous. But at the same time, you know, I feel like I'm still getting a great education and I'm preparing myself for the future that I would like. I would love to be an actress. I'd love to write things. Um, And I feel like I'm making steps towards that by being an English major. And I think that's also just a really important thing to think about with anything in life in general is like, first off, the advice my parents gave me going into college was really great. Both of them were like, neither of us are doing any job that relates to what our undergraduate degree was. They were like, not like absolute, they went to a good school and chose a major that would secure them a job which obviously they got jobs after college, but they had absolutely nothing to do with their major. And that just goes to show that, like, 
it doesn't fucking matter. Um, it doesn't matter at all. Um, and that was really good advice because I think people get so hard on themselves about, you know, what they're going to major in, what jobs they're going to get after they're in college that are going to lead to other jobs and stuff like that. And it's like, TBH, it uh, doesn't matter. I say this also as a 20-year-old who hasn't even graduated college yet or ever had a, like, job outside of food service or lifeguarding. But still, like, like, Adam Driver being a Marine and the guy I met at the dog park being a Marine before becoming an actor has helped them a lot. Because not only does is the guy at the dog park an actor, but he also has a pretty steady pay as, like, the military official person on set. Like, he, that is an asset that he has that most other actors don't because he's had this experience before he even... He didn't even, he went to USC for acting and he went after he did the Marine Corps for eight years. So like it, it doesn't fucking matter. Um, let's see, what else do I have to talk about? I wrote down a list of, you know, potential things. Um, oh, so I went to work. Um, it's fun. It's at the Improv Theater again. Shout out to all my homies there. Um, but recently I got an email from my boss about someone that we have a restraining order against at, from, at, from the theater. Because there, apparently there's this guy who keeps coming up and is like, you know, a little cuckoo in the head and like claims that we have a body double of him and whatever. Anyways, I get the email and I'm like, mm, T, I love gossip. Um, this is exciting because one, I'm never going to meet this guy probably. And two, oh my God, that's so exciting. This is happening at my workplace. And in the email, they attached a photo of him. And I scroll down to the bottom of the email and I see the photo of the guy. And the first thought I had was, wait, why is why is he slaying? Like the photo that they gave for him of this crazy guy is really good. He looks so good. He looks like he just got a blowout done and he's surmising Tyra Banks would go banana cuckoo crazy over him because he looks so freaking good. And I don't know why that just cracks me up because I feel like any kind of person who should have a restraining order should be smelly and ugly and not slaying that hard in literally the headshot that people use to show people what you look like. Um, so when I'm crazy and cuckoo when I'm old, because I obviously know I'm going to be that way, I am going to start working on my smiles now so that the photo that people use of me is really good. Because, yeah, I might be crazy, but I'm a beauty. I am going to work wherever I am, okay? I'm going to work it. <sighs> I also saw Fred Armisen. If you don't know who Fred Armisen is, he was on Saturday Night Live. He's a very talented musician. And he also had a hit show called Portlandia that me and my Australian best friend 
Angus we're obsessed with. Now, Angus is my best friend, but he's also Australian. It's not that he is my best Australian friend. He is that too, but he's also just like my buddy. We have I have a really big photo of us hung up in my dining room like at my house at school that it took us three hours to print out because it's like life-size and it's of me and Angus in middle school in black pants tuxedo shirts bow ties our hair slicked back and he has a tuba and I have my French horn in my hand and we look absolutely ridiculous actually I'm gonna make it the photo for this for the podcast thing I think um so you can look at it um but Angus and I were obsessed with him, and Angus and I used to make sketches and stupid shit based off of, like, Portlandia. But I went to go see his show on Wednesday. And when I tell you that my life was changed, it was. This man did a whole set about music. And, like, I kind of know a little bit about music, but I don't think I'd call myself a musician necessarily. He would say stuff that I didn't understand, but I, like, would still get the joke. And, like, it was just so creative and unique, and it blew my mind and rocked my world. And it was also just really cool that I got to sit first row, by chance, in front of one of my all-time favorite people. I did wait a half hour after the show to try and meet him, which I did. I shook his hand, and then... He kind of just like looked at me and he made really intense eye contact with me and like it felt like his eyes were going through my head but also I felt like I was making intense eye contact and it seemed like he had nothing going on in his brain and I think it's because he was waiting for me to say something or ask a question and TBH I blanked out I had no idea what to say um like I was terrified. I have never really met a famous person before, and now I know that I am not chill at all. I thought, you know, at least I wasn't, like, screaming, going cuckoo crazy, but I was 100%, like, shaking. My knees were shaking. So I ended up asking him, like, oh, how long did it take you to write your set? And he was like, oh, like, years, but, like, I, like, work on it, I add things, I take things out, I tweak things, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense, as if I know anything about that. And then he just kind of looked at me, and I was like, oh, yeah, me and my friend Angus used to watch Portlandia. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's great. And I was like, yeah. And then we sat there for a few more seconds, and I was like, can I get a photo with you for Angus? Yeah, it was for me, not for Angus. And he was like, yeah. And he took a photo of me. I'm smiling. I look chuggy as hell. He looks bored. <laughs> he looks so bored and just really confused and like he wanted to get out of there. But I still got my photo. And I hope he doesn't remember me. Because I don't want to deal with the repercussions of being an absolute dweeb towards him and then trying to work with him in the future, if that would ever happen. The other people he had come with him were really great. He had Murray from Stranger Things, who did a set about being canceled. Which, by the way, I've been learning a lot about cancel culture recently, sparked by this set. Um, 
Which brings me to talk about cancel culture very briefly. Uh, I'm terrified that I'm going to get canceled. But the first person who got canceled is Bill Cosby, in my mind. That's the first memorable one for me. Because Bill Cosby was my freaking idol, right? I was probably like nearing the end of the Cosby show, which is a long show. It was my favorite show. It's all I watched. I had just seen him on Fallon because he was about to go on tour. And he made me laugh my ass off. And then the stuff came out. And I don't think I have cried harder about a celebrity since Kobe dying. And that's true. Obviously, for different reasons. But Bill Murray, like, not Bill Murray. I love Bill Murray. Bill Murray is not dead to me, even though he's dating that woman. I don't know why he's dating her. Anyways, um, I hope he's happy. That's what Sammy said. My friend Sammy said that she hopes she's happy. I kind of hope he's not happy in that he, like, dates someone else, like, like my mom. But also, my mom's taken by Bill right now. Bill's great. I love Bill. Different Bill, not Bill Murray. Bill Shine. Yes, my mom is dating a man named Bill Shine, and he's great. And he has a dog named Jack, and my mom has a dog named Jack, which is very confusing. But if Bill Murray dated my mom, I wouldn't be upset. Anyways, Bill Cosby, when he got canceled, it felt like he died to me. Because he did die. He died in my heart because I was like, wow, fuck you, man. I can't like you anymore which is tragic because I love your stuff. Almost, It was almost worse than him dying because I knew he was still alive and I couldn't appreciate the Cosby show anymore. Whereas like Kobe, you know, I can watch like clips of him on YouTube playing basketball and still be like, wow, what a legend, he's the best. Both Bill Cosby, man. <sighs> man, that's tragic. That absolutely rocked my world I think I was like 12 when that happened yeah that was devastating anyways I've been finding out more comedians who are canceled and it is crazy it's like everyone and so I'm kind of just waiting for it to happen to me um but you know hopefully you guys will warn me before it happens so that like I can like play a ukulele and apologize on YouTube and make it up to everyone I feel like that's the smartest choice um but yeah, anyways, this is my podcast. This is my second episode. I feel like I kind of acted out in this one, you know, like I got a little, I was, I'm feeling anxious, but I'm always anxious, so just more so today. Um, so maybe I should have saved this recording for tomorrow. But hey, this is all about being genuine. And this was a one take, one take wonder, baby. Um... But yeah, keep letting me know what you guys want me to talk about. I love the suggestion of talking about dreams. I thought that was great. Let me talk about David Bowie coming to visit me all the time, which again, Dave, like just say what you got to say, man, so we can move on from this and everyone will be happy. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Leave me suggestions. Leave me what you want to hear me talk about. Um... Yeah, I'm really open to anything. Again, I'm really just feeling this out. So, ta-ta for now. See you next Friday.